Yeah, I don't think Dan's going to hop on. I supposedly he has something important. I don't. He has a kid. Ugh, this is so he, I'm I'm insulted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Mommy, you miss me, don't you? Haters wish you could hit me, don't you? <laughs> Call me uncle, I understand I'm back by popular demand That new CL slide Outside of Popeye's Eating chicken and fries Yeah, come holla at your uncle I understand I'm back by popular demand That was definitely like near-death experience right? I've never seen an animal do I would talk about it tonight, briefly, if you want. But I've never seen an animal. Okay, we're talking about it right now. <laughs> it's rolling. Let's talk about it. All right. So this is episode 51, by the way. Yeah. Um, um, do you want me to do you want me to say who I spoke to? Yeah. So let's <laughs> uh, thank you for giving me a heads up that we're rolling. Um, so let's get right into it. It's episode 51. Uh, later on, the real the real meat and potatoes of the show. Uh, you had our an exclusive with our returning friend of the program, Mike Giardi, NFL Network. So, in a briefly, what did you guys uh, talk about? Because I was really on the interview. I was yeah. scheduling conflict. Really quick, I don't want to be insensitive to our vegan um, audience, of which I am one. So when yes. you say the meat and potatoes, I do kind of take offense. We'll call it the tofu burger and cauliflower um, mm-hmm. of this episode. Anyways, yeah, we just talked about number one. Mike's awesome. Uh, our yes. first, our first media recurring guest. Yes, and we talked about basically like how fucking weird it is to to cover the NFL right now and how completely different it's been this year. Uh, some general thoughts on the Pats, the NFC East, and mm. then I ran through my Redskins uh, name substitutions suggestions that's a throwback that was originally discussed back when you talked with greg dickerson no yeah another another soapy exclusive yeah um (laughs) nfc east boy does the nfc stink big Big time (laughs) little preview was was mike in a similar thought or does he think they're an under underrated powerhouse um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but he that, he's yeah, leaning towards yeah. not being a powerhouse. Gotcha. Gruesome injury as well. Yeah, Prescott. Uh, unless you ask Tony Romo. <laughs> I woke up with a mild cramp today, and my foot certainly <laughs> didn't look like Dax. <laughs> God, that was bad. And then dude, dude, he was before... getting killed online. Tony Romo. Yeah, big. Team. Yeah, good. Um, I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Tony Romo as an announcer. I don't. One thing about him is like he literally just got like, like, like overnight. Like he was his first year at CBS. Like he's the number one. Like it's him and Jim Nance. Like he's getting the primetime games. Yeah. Typically, in a company or a career, you work your way up to that level. But for some reason, Tony Romo must have just killed that interview. Or something. Seriously. Like, I think he's never called least. a game before. I'd be curious to go back and research what the first game was he called, but he started out with Jim Nance. It was Jim Nance and Phil Sims, right? They were yeah. like the Joe Buck and Troy Aikman of CBS, like the, the, the game of the week. Immediately got put into the A slot. Immediately. <laughs> right in the A slot. And you know right what I think about A slots. Certainly. Yes. Um, yes. 
right there, right there for the t- prime for the picking. So I don't know. I mean, the I don't know. Do you like Tony Romo? I feel like most people don't like Tony Romo. I I like him in a in a sense of like I, I find him endearing. Like I, I think that his hmm. stupidity because when yeah, he's, he's not right trying to his, be stupid, I don't think. right. That's that's true. <laughs> it's not, not intentional. I don't know. It's I find him entertaining. Stupid. Yeah, I guess I, maybe I'm also biased because he calls, like you said, he calls the the premier games. He calls a lot of Patriots games. Yep. By default, um, and personally, he I don't know if I don't like I don't think I'd consider him a Patriots hater, but more often than not, he's siding towards the other team. I you think, think so. I, do. I haven't noticed to be honest. I kind of do. I remember the Chiefs game specifically. Maybe he's just a Mahomes guy. I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I never even thought about the connection between, you know, I just mentioned they're the equivalent of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, how it's two Cowboys quarterbacks as like the primetime guys. I do find it weird that Aikman covers a lot of Cowboys games too. Dude. So I don't know if you noticed this, I assume this has to do with COVID and the rescheduling of games, Mm -hmm. but this past weekend on Sunday, typically like Fox and CBS both have a doubleheader. Fox covers the NFC. Right. Um, CBS covers the AFC. Yeah. The Fox didn't have a four o'clock game, which is bizarre. <clears throat> yeah. And instead, uh, CBS had Jim Nance and Tony Romo covering the NFC East. They were doing the Giants and Cowboys. Oh, good game, call. Which That'll happen every bizarre. now and then. Um, well, it's, yeah. it's like every- one thing if it's one team involved, but for... For both teams to be NFC East playing each other was strange. Because it was a Cowboys game is strange. But I I think I have seen it before. Two two teams from the same conference. But that that must be a a switch up. Because there's no way. that No matter what their records are, Cowboys-Giants has Troy Aikman and Joe Buck written all over it. Every every time. time. So, I don't know. What game? Did they call a game this week? Um, Who's calling the game right now? The Bills-Titans game is on right now. Maybe that's a switch because that's an AFC game. I think it's on CBS though. <laughs> so anyway, Maybe <laughs> I mean I could simply turn the television on and find out, but I Maybe don't, they work for I CBS now. But There's yeah, something fishy going on big time behind yeah. the scenes. Speaking um, of which, don't even get me started on the dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Great segue. And I won't because I don't want to get started on the dolphins. <laughs> but uh what were we talking about? Oh, Dak um, Prescott's ankle. <laughs> In the NFC East. Good um, Lord. Boy, do they stink. Yeah, that's there's a very good chance. I don't know, six and ten might win the division. <laughs> like they have to play, they all play each other. Yeah. So eventually they have to one of those teams has to get a handful of wins. Unless they all literally just tie every time they play. <laughs> and every team is like three, three, and nine <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. Um you guys touch on well yeah, I mean we have another guest coming up later this week, a more more regional guest where um I think he'd be a better guy to touch on some of the COVID stuff. But obviously we've seen since the last time we talked uh the Cam Newton thing and now Steph Gilmore and like I said, the Titans are playing right now. Titans haven't played in like two weeks. Crazy <laughs> because they can't get into their facility because everybody's sick. So who the fuck knows? I don't know. It's I'm curious to see how it works out with the schedule changes because right now it seems to be very on the fly, to put it lightly. Um, 
Yeah, shout there's out Mike a debate Pence. joke somewhere. Yeah, I just wanted to think of how to do it, but there's a VP debate joke somewhere. But anyway, um, ooh, can I yes. share one thing? I'd like to. Uh, yes. I'd like to read my tweet to the audience. A live tweet you're doing right now? No, no, uh, Tony mm-hmm. Romo tweet. Just to throw it back real quick. Yeah, while you do that, I need to go grab my laptop charger real quick. Okay, so read that tweet. If you're listening to this, business as usual. If you're watching this, you're going to see me leave for a few minutes. So hopefully you're just listening. Got it. If you're listening, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that, that uh, this is really weird. It's been a while since I've talked by myself without Dan. But one of the things that Tony Romo has been known for is trying to call plays out. Um, so if you watch a broadcast, he'll be like, oh, they're going to run the jet sweep here. If you notice how how the formation is and some shit like that. And that's originally how he caught a lot of his notoriety and why people liked him to begin with. He's since made it so that um, I don't know if he's people just find him annoying. He seems to strike me as like the Reggie Miller of uh, football broadcasting, where it's like, I actually do think he gives some good insight, but people don't seem to like that. So uh, after Dak gruesomely, tore apart his ankle and basically got kind of folded up on Tony Romo before they went to commercial was like, wow, we're going to have to wait to see what this is like. But uh, you got to hope that it's just a turns to Jim Nance. And he's like, you got to hope that this is just a cramp. You're hoping it's a cramp here, Jim, which is, which is why Dan brought that up. So I went on Twitter and I, as Tony Romo, um, I commentated what I think Tony, Tony Romo would say if he's, if he witnessed, uh, another gruesome injury, the JFK assassination. Another friend of the program. Family's yeah. friends of the program. Another uh, seminal moment in Dallas history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another another, um, another Dallas athlete really, really taking the top off of a defense. <laughs> <laughs> and we, but, uh, we can laugh yeah. at this because this has now been oh, like 60 years. Oh, yeah. No, you can laugh at JFK. Yeah. Or, no, no I don't know if you can, but you can acknowledge JFK got capped on video <laughs> so good this, this is my re- this is my tweet tony romo watching jfk's head recoil and explode <laughs> boy you don't like to see him go down without contact jackie O has to be hoping it's just a migraine tough to see in an election year mm-hmm. those non-contact injuries are always the worst <laughs> that must be bizarre imagine lee, like lee harvey uh, romo Good grief. That would be a bizarre one to be in the vicinity. JFK getting shot, not Tony gotcha. Romo. Both, both would be less than ideal, but... Have you seen the video? Oh, yeah. That is some... That's some crazy shit. Did, did you see when the story blew up last year because of Ravel? Darren Ravel? Yeah. People... Was, was he there? <laughs> No, but people fucking roasted him online too because he I think it, it may have been the anniversary of the shooting, which is a mm. weird like phrase in itself. Yeah. But he was like, on this day, whatever, mm. yeah. um, you know, it was the anniversary of the JFK assassination. And then yep. he just tweeted out a video of it as if it was like Jordan going for 60 in the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, Hey man, um, Oh, I remember that. Not, That's not pretty sure graphic. if you know that this is kind of graphic. And I wasn't expecting to wake up to this on like a Tuesday yeah, morning. I do remember that because that was great point. That was 
I think that was the first time I saw that video or that angle. That was that was HD right there. This sounds made up, but they showed that to my junior high school class Dang. as a part of our history class. And I, I always well, what thought was the video from. It's not like it was from. It's not like different like angles from like people's cell phone videos are coming out like <laughs> leaking. I'm sure there was maybe one or two at most videos taken. Yeah, it's, it's called the uh, Zapruder film. Like uh, that. I think that's the name of the guy who, who like took it. But I always thought like like my sick mind. I was like, damn, that is a crazy video. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, why did they show that to us as 13 year olds? It was. It, I don't think yeah. you need that in a history lesson. Yeah, yeah. If I was 13 and someone just told me 50 years ago the president was shot in the head and died, I would I would take your word for it. You, I don't need you'd to, understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to see the proof. For anyone who hasn't seen the video, yeah, it's exactly what you think getting a bullet through your skull would look like. Yeah. To to quote the great Bill Parcells, I don't need to hear about the labor. Just show me the baby. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> Not that relatable at all, but that's a phenomenal quote. I saw it on yeah. the other day. But yeah, I do remember that because yeah, that's exactly how the mentions were. They were like, "Geez, Darren, it's seven thirty a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> no warning, nothing. Like, here you go. That's like the equivalent of like, hey, like, um." On this day in history, Denzel Washington from Training Day passed away. <laughs> they just show the scene of him gets getting lit up from like a 360 degree angle. <laughs> and it's like, woof, forgot about that. Right. Or like I'll um, put a little kick in your coffee. Like uh oh, what the hell is that guy's name? Um Charlie Sheen's dad. What's his Martin Sheen? Mm. Like his scene at the end of the departed. Yep. <laughs> uh tough, tough fall for uh for uh, Captain Queen and on this day in <laughs> 2000, whatever. And I just, it just gets to the scene of you just see his bodies <laughs> in the ground. Where Great is, scene. Oh, that happens in Ozark too. Remember? First or second episode mm. of the first season. Martin Sheen dies? No. Uh, the the Wendy's, whatever's the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Chicago. Like in, yeah. in the town. Fucking Great splat. Scene. That's a show that I might I I should consider rewatching again. Three seasons is enough where I could I could rebinge that. So I think they're oh, coming yeah. out with a fourth, for yep. sure. That, yeah, and it's, it sucks because it's the I don't know what the fuck Netflix's deal is, but they always do this with like good shows. They end it too soon, but apparently yeah. they're splitting the fourth season into like two parts, like two halves. I'd yeah. be okay with that. Ozark, I'm okay. I don't want Ozark to go like ten seasons. That's for like sitcoms. Ozark yeah. could go four maybe five and i'd be i'd be i'd be okay with that for sure yeah you know it's not like it's not the office it's not friends it's not what you, you don't just need a you can't just make filler episodes to make filler episodes like they every episode counts yeah something um, something has to happen every time <laughs> yeah like i don't correct i don't need to see you know an episode dedicated to charlotte like getting bad grades in school <laughs> <laughs> Mar- <laughs> marty adopting a dog <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Tony Romo. <laughs> That's right. Um, he just right. So how did NFC's, he think that that was a cramp? I don't know. I I I did see a few people kind of 
talk about or mention on Twitter things along the lines of like it looked like his shoe had come off, which it might have, but it's not till you watch it again where it's like, okay, there's a big disconnect between his foot and his shoe. <laughs> not a natural one. So that's where I got. I, it really didn't hit me till the second replay. I, I will say that. Yeah. And it's not like he was most of those injuries. I'll say this, those, those weird, and again, that was a contact injury. A lot of times, I wasn't being sarcastic, those ACL tears are non, like you just jump up land funny and you literally just walk yourself off the field. And it's like, all right, like I'm done for the season. Like that's it. Or it's the other end of the spectrum where you're like on the ground, like in agonizing pain. He was kind of like, you could tell he was hurt, but I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I, I think he did underplay it with, <laughs> with that comment, but I don't know. Not a, not a great look. Um, to, to be it was clear, kind of you, a, yeah, good. I was just going to say, when you said <clears throat> uh, tearing an ACL is like when you, you jump and land funny, mm-hmm. you definitely do not mean funny. Ha ha to the uh, audio. No, 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 no. Um, thank you for correcting me there. Landing like awkwardly on your foot. Nothing funny about it. Gotcha. And, and, and when you say awkward, you don't mean like running into your ex at the grocery store. No, 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 no. Like landing unnaturally. A landing in a way where your foot is pointing in a different direction than your tendon, <laughs> which is pretty much what happened to Dak. So, dude, that looked a lot like the uh, how Hayward's foot looked. Oh, that was bad. Remember Kevin Ware? Yeah. Louisville? That was the yeah. worst one. That was, that was probably the closest thing I've seen to the JFK video <laughs> since the JFK video. Seriously. That one, you could see a white bone sticking out of his skin. Yeah. You, know, you remember that? You know what I'm talking about? On yeah, the Louisville sideline? Paul yeah, George, it, too. Paul George's was fucked up, too. Oh, yeah. On the Olympics or whenever it was. That was just literally his, his leg bent in the opposite direction, 90 degrees. Oh, man. That's not Kevin Ware, though. That I think so Kevin Ware's got to be the top I don't know part. if that video is even available anymore. I have it. Okay. We'll clue it in the show notes. <laughs> I'll tweet it tomorrow morning when I get Carter up at 6.30. If, uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen that video, uh, YouTube Kevin Ware, Louisville. I think it's W-A-R-E. But yeah, mm-hmm. he was the one that was contesting the shot, wasn't he? God, I don't know. But I don't even know how that was possible. How can you jump and land in a way where your leg pokes out of your skin? That, that, that's, that, is, that is absurd. That was neither funny haha nor awkward seeing mm. your ex at the grocery there, store. I remember speaking of like, and one of the, this isn't the right term, but one of the, not the best part of those, but one of the more unique part of those is the other players' reactions. Like Gordon Hayward, oh, you saw God. it. Dak, you saw it, obviously. I'm pretty sure there are people on Louisville sideline like throwing up or like, or like covering yeah. their mouth, like not to throw up. Like fans too. Remember, this is basketball pre-corona. If you're courtside at a game, you are right there. Yeah. Like that is fucked up. Like we talk about, about um, we've talked about with our guests who were courtside sitting next to Lizzo when she was doing her thing. Oof. This is, this is, believe it or not, might be a tougher scene than Lizzo's ass front row oh, at yeah. a Laker game. Big time. At least the ass was intact. Kevin Ware's leg was far from the opposite of intact, out, to, out of tact. That was. I think he made a, a recovery. Like he didn't play in the pros, but I think he came back i don't know i, I wouldn't I, yeah come back. he has a i would leg. call it a, i would call it a career <laughs> <laughs> i would i would voluntarily put myself on ir 
Dude, I would never jump again. I'd be I'd be cautious. I would I would get like PTSD seeing like trampolines or like bounce houses. Oh my god. It's being nope. I'll 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 watch from the sideline, honey. I'm good. If if I was him, I'm trying to think of like a situation where you'd have to like if he was if I was him and I was stuck in a building on fire on the fucking third floor, I'd be like burn baby all right, burn. I've uh <laughs> I've had a good life. Yeah. I can um, I I'm I can go out like this. Yeah. I I'd rather just call it call it a call it quits here. Speaking of that, so we've obviously gone way off the rails, which is fine. I don't even know what we meant to be talking about before we get into charity, but um <laughs> That reminds me of uh, a, a, a storyline from Alex Smith made his return this past Sunday. Oh, yeah. Talk about a leg. Talk about a shitty first day back on the job. <laughs> so I was I didn't watch that game, but I was watching some of the highlights and hearing some of the analysis. That was obviously a very gruesome injury. Pro- yeah. pro- definitely up there with Dax. Like, awful. Maybe probably worse than Dax. Yep. Um, he was out for like two years. Dwayne Haskins went from starter to third string in a week. I don't know how you do that. So Alex Smith was in move to backup. Kyle Allen got hurt. Alex Smith went in the game. I'm pretty sure the stat was the Washington O-line already allowed four sacks in the game, maybe two sacks. I think Alex Smith got sacked six times. Aaron Donald sacked him four times himself. (laughs) And dude, it's like... You're taking this guy first first snap back from a gruesome injury, and they keep showing clips of his wife and kids in the stand watching this. The, maybe the worst O-line in the league matched up against the best defensive tackle maybe in quite some time. And it's like, what are you doing to this guy? Like You're literally signing a death wish every time you break the huddle. And lo and behold, I think he got sacked six times, got his fucking lunch eaten for better half, better part of two hours. And then some of those tweets were offensive, but funny. There was a great one. It was like that, that picture. I don't know if you saw, speaking of another friend of the program, Travis Scott, like the Cactus Jack McDonald's commercial of him just holding up the French fry. And it's like, <laughs> Donald holding up Alex Smith's leg. And it just reminded me, I was like, dude, this, this, this reminds me of Rocky four, like, putting Apollo Creed's old ass in the ring with Ivan Drago for an exhibition event where he just fucking kills him. And his wife is like right there watching. That's like the claim famous gif of like his trainer just like throwing in the towel. Yeah. Throw in the damn towel. (laughs) I don't know. Props to Alex Smith. He did it. I mean, he had every right to come out of that huddle after maybe the fifth sack and be like, Hey, put the fucking kid in. Like, give me a break. My kids are here for Christ's sakes. Because I can't think of a better comparison, I'm just going to go with the one that came to my head. Mm-hmm. If you were to, like, putting him in a game mm-hmm. off of that injury and having to face mm-hmm. Aaron Donald with his family in the stands. So, yeah, you're just signing him up to get his it's ass gladiator. in, in yeah. front of his family. Dude, that would be like if somehow you could, I don't know, fucking send, like, you get deployed and then your family was just watching on the front lines in like a military combat. Iraq. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> oh, there he Christ. is. Watching him there on he Twitch. Is. Yeah. He's he's the one with the uh he's the one in the camo uh yeah. helmet. Can't see him because camo, oh, but Lord. he's there. Um 
It's almost it reminds me of a little bit of Star Wars Return of the Jedi when they just drop Luke into that cage with the Rancor monster in Jabba's pit. Oh yeah. It's like, all right, yeah. here. If you can survive this, I guess we'll consider freeing your friends. But Aaron Donald also monster. doesn't <laughs> no pun intended, Aaron Donald doesn't get cheap sacks either. Because mm. anytime <laughs> like you minimum see- triple teamed every time. Yeah. <laughs> At a minimum. And- his sacks are never the type where it's like the quarterback was already going to go down on his own just because he doesn't want to take too much contact mm. as it is. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald gets there and fucking obliterates you regardless of how close mm-hmm. you are to the ground. Even if you're an inch off the ground, he's like, mm, I'm nah, going to put you through the turf. If I'm going to need the sack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need that for those, uh, that contract next year. It's a contract year, Alex. You understand. <laughs> Aaron Donald's probably the closest thing to a monster there is in professional sports, mm-hmm. I would say. And you know what? Like we've talked about this before, like, you know, when they rank like the best players in the league and stuff and like, come on, like, how do you put a defensive player that high? Blah, blah, blah. Like Aaron Donald's legit. Like he, he can understandable. Fucking, he's a, he's a, a force to be reckoned with force yeah. code podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. So welcome back, Alex Smith. <laughs> Good to see you. He, I don't think he got hurt. I think he finished the game. Uh, I think I think they said Kyle Allen's going to start next week, uh, which is good. For, I think you should give Alex Smith a couple extra PTO hours. To, <laughs> to yeah, I don't think a, a week off is going to hurt him. That I mean, it's like that's almost that has to be one of the more like frustrating things. Like we talk about Joe Burrow a lot, like being a good quarterback, just being a quarterback playing behind a terrible offensive line. It's like you have to find a good balance of like motivating your line, keeping it going, while also being like, you guys are going to get me killed. Like, please, please yeah. <laughs> give me two seconds to throw the ball. <laughs> please. That's like, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> that time that we played Madden and somehow you fucking intercepted me handing it off. I was the quarterback trying to hand it mm-hmm. off to my running back. And somehow you got into the backfield to intercept the handoff. <laughs> That was that. what Alex Smith was possibly facing. Ah, what are you gonna do? I mean, you gotta, you gotta make, you gotta snap the ball. You gotta play. You don't have much of a running game. That's just a poor, poor. That's just a poor franchise in general. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of not great things coming out of Washington football wise. But <laughs> anyway, um, anything else pressing before we uh, get over to the GRD interview? Listen to someone who actually knows what they're talking about, as opposed to whatever this last twenty-five minutes has been. Cover. We've actually covered a no. We have covered, covered, covered the JFK assassination. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Oh, I know what it is. We we started out. We meant to talk about that guy being chased by the bobcat in the woods. Oh fuck. <laughs> so real God quick, damn. that was uh that was what we meant to talk about. So just figured we'd beat around the bush for a tw- half hour or so. But anyway, there was another viral video that came out that you and I were talking about that I thought was outrageous, which is pretty much, that's like a POV view of Alex Smith's game against, yeah. against the Rams. <laughs> no one in front of him, a wild monster just chasing you down. But like, I don't know in case you don't, I guess we can maybe include the link, but there was a video that came out about this guy who was jogging or something in the mountain somewhere. I think it started out, I think he like fucked with, he messed with like the, the kid, the Cubs or something like that. That's how it started. Maybe the, the, I think that was the mother saw the guy with the Cubs or whatever <clears throat> and chased him, not chased, not it's like 
it was worse than chasing him, like tormented him for like six minutes up the hill, walking slowly. Every now and then would do that weird move. I don't even know what it is, like a half prance, half like snarl at him. Um, <laughs> very intense. And eventually she just left. But that was uh, that was like we talked about uncut gems before and like suspense and like uncomfortableness watching a scene. That was uh, that was that. It was the Wildcats. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very high stakes. Um, yes. The, the funny tweets that came out were just like, like the guy narrated the video for, for a minute. Mm. But if you watch the video, it's clear. It's clearly he's cutting parts out. So oh, really? he may have, he may have been recording the whole six minutes that that's, that this allegedly happened. Not allegedly. It did happen. Oh, I went the whole video is six minutes. I watched the whole video. Oh, really? YouTube. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. That's why it's so uneasy. Like oh, it's the I, longest like six minutes I've ever seen. Oh, so I must have <laughs> I guess yeah, I saw the sports center version where I, I yeah. just saw the highlights. Da-na-na, <laughs> and he was just he was just begging and pleading with that thing, being yeah, like, yeah. Hey man, like just fucking leave me alone, bro. Yeah. And and the yeah, tweets literally. were like, This guy's talking to this wild animal as if it's right. his friend who who like spilled like food his, on his couch. Yeah, like it's his little brother like poking him with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Very uneasy, very, very interesting video. Um, but that naturally segued, uh, sorry, into our favorite presidential assassinations of all time. And then uh, <laughs> Tony Romo and whatever else. So anyway, let, let's cut it here. So we'll get right into the interview. Um, this is Soapy's exclusive with returning friend of the program. Great guy, Mike Giardi of NFL Network. Here we go. First uh, recurring guest, Mr. Mike Giardi, uh, back from the NFL Network. Yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah. We appreciate you coming back. Uh, No, Dan, as as I mentioned when Mike first hopped on. Um, However, Mike is looking, dude, you you even got the actual, the actual Mike. Dude, we got it. We got it. So after months and months of doing it off the phone because of the home studios, because of the COVID, um, they finally sent us a laptop. They sent us an audio box, a splitter. We got mics. We got, I got the earpiece. I mean, we're we ain't messing around. <laughs> so wait a minute. Are you coming fresh off of, did you just do an appearance? No, 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 no. But I mean, it's, it's the easy way to do it, right? I don't have to do it. It sounds better. looks better. Okay. I'm not going to say anything to your boss, but I don't know if I appreciate you using uh, equipment meant for work in a <laughs> recreational sense. So let's try to keep that to a minimum. I think I paid for it myself. So it's, I mean, they sent it to me, but I think I actually at least initially had to send the, send them the cash. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Maybe I'm wrong there. Look at you. Anyways. You got the big, you got the big mic. Yeah. This is what I had last time too, but my setup is a little more sophisticated this time. I sat by a window. Yeah. Which gives you a bad light. Although now is in it? the middle, of, it's not in the, basically the middle of the night right now with the darkness. So yeah, I have to worry about that too much. So that's what, that's what uh, separates me from from you, me from the big boys. One day, one day. Um, <laughs> so actually, that's that kind of leads me into one of the questions I had for you, which was before we even get to the the league and the teams and the Pats themselves. How's it been covering um, the season from you know a pandemic standpoint and having to adjust everything? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just say from the from the from the actual game operation standpoint, it's bizarre. You know, 
I mean, everything has changed. Obviously, they've reconfigured the stadium in many ways um, to try to separate, to categorize a tier one, tier two, tier two M, three, et cetera. So people have certain access to certain places in the building at Gillette. And obviously, media, we're not allowed anywhere near them right now, um, which is certainly very different. I mean, one of the things that I think any good reporter will tell you is they like going into a locker room. Um, even one that sometimes is as sparsely populated as the Patriots is because you can, that's how you strike up relationships. I and mean, that's like conversations. Like it's not always just going, Hey, you know, what happened on that third and eight? It's just like, Hey, how's the wife and kids? You know, I saw your picture of your dog on the, on Instagram, like just little things. Like, so they, you know, I mean, I'm human, they're human. I, I never want to lose sight of that fact. I mean, we're not trying to be best friends with them, but that's, that's certainly an element that's been taken away. I mean, we haven't had, in-person conversations with these guys since January. Um, and so that means the rookie class, we get them through Zoom, we get them through WebEx, you know, but we're not, we're not meeting them face to face and you're not making that sort of impression. So that's hard, the, the, or different, that's hard. It's, there's things a lot harder than that, but it's certainly different. Yeah. And from a game, and from a game perspective, you know, like we go in there um, and every, even the camera crews are distant and, the press box has been reduced in terms of the number of seats because they put plexiglass up between every seat to give you the six feet. Um, even little things like there's no, they have a box lunch. Now there used to be buffets and all kinds of food. And now it's, again, they're trying to reduce contact with everybody and to keep everybody safe. So um, I mean, I certainly haven't been to other places because not only, you know, has this been different with the COVID, but I can't travel because um, Massachusetts's uh, quarantine rules have pretty much, I think at the last check, which was maybe two days ago, I think there are only six states that are greenlit for me to go to and then not have to quarantine for 14 days. And it's basically Maine. I could go to New York. I guess I could cover the bills, but um, yeah, it's just, there's, I can't go anywhere. Um, so I've done everything. I haven't, this is the first time I haven't traveled um, in, I don't even know how long, 12, 15 years covering the league, which again, so adds to the challenge of, of trying to do it. Um, but when you go into the game, man, it's like I give the players a lot of credit and I know people will say, Oh, they get paid to do it and blah, blah, blah. But there's a clear buzz that you get from the crowd from, and I feel that as a broadcaster, you know, when the crowd just starts to trickle in, there's just a different energy level. And that sort of, yeah. especially when it's a big game too, you get the excitement going, but whatever, if, even if they're playing the New York jets and the jets are terrible, there's still that sort of ah, people are excited to be there. They're fired up. They're, they're cheering on their guys. They're loud. And you don't have that, you know, you got the, you've got the audio from the, from the speakers. And that's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, the whole thing is just, bizarre so I, I give them a lot of credit for being able to find energy when you're used to feeding off crowds and you know i mean i, I suppose some of these guys did it in high school or maybe even in a you know i cam newton was joking about blinn junior college but i'm guessing blinn junior college at least had a couple thousand fans in there and you yeah. got nothing so it's 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 entirely different well i mean I, I it sounds like the uh the quarantine factor of you being able to travel certainly makes a gives you a different hurdle so Listen, I, as a friend of the program, if you need to travel, it, there's a road game you really want to cover yeah. and you need a guy to cut, to fill in for you for 14 days. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than qualified. You're willing I, to, I, you know, that's the kind of season. This is why I came back because that's the selflessness 
that I appreciate from this podcast, the willingness to put yourself out there mm-hmm. like that. Some people just wouldn't do that. They would be too selfish, but not you, not you. No, no, no one would ever say that about me. And if anything, <laughs> uh, what, what is it? Belichick's number one rule. The, the best ability is availability. That's, just, that's fact. Mm-hmm. Although actually, you know, I mean, can we modify that a little bit? There are plenty of guys that have been available over the last 20 years that sucked. So, you know, I mean, it's nice to be able to roll some of these guys out there, but they're, you know, if they're not that good. Then you, you got to find somebody else. So don't suck is what I'm telling you, basically. It's, it's a, it's a fair ask. It's a fair ask. Let me ask you this. So watching the games, I feel like to a fan, especially where a lot of the camera angles, you can't see the crowd. So that piped in noise between that and, and even the NBA bubble. I know it's a completely different game, Yeah. but from a TV perspective, it sounds decent. It sounds, it, it sounds like, you know, white noise. Mm-hmm. Does that sound completely weird and fake when you're there in person? It, it definitely does. Um, and I, I'll, so the first time that we got to experience this is when they had an in-stadium practice slash scrimmage that was done in shorts and t-shirts. So it really wasn't much of a scrimmage, but that was when they were kind of tinkering with how loud it was supposed to be. And I think they, you know, initially they settled, settled on 70 decibels and now I think they're actually letting them go a little bit louder than that. And I would say within 10 minutes, I had a headache. I remember turning to the couple of people in the crew and I was like, do you have a headache? And they're like, yeah, like instantly. It's like this weird noise. It, it just, yeah. I, but, you know, when you talk to the players about it and obviously they've spoken about how odd it is for them. And again, you're, you're trying to create your own energy because you don't have the crowd giving it to you. Um, but a lot of those guys will tell you too, when it's in, when you're in a play, you're not hearing anything, you know? You're, you're, you're totally locked in on what you're going to do. It's the reaction you get from the crowd after you make that one-handed catch or after you bounce off a tackle or after you stick somebody and drive them to the ground. You know, that's that's where, yeah, and you're like, oh, that's a little different now, you know? I mean, yeah. I know they try to punch it up, but it's not obviously it's just it's not the same. No, I, I think that's one of the funniest things is uh, like even if there's a flag on the play and it goes against one team and then the like, like yeah. the piped-in booing, it's like – yeah. Where the hell did that come from? I know. I know. It's weird. I, I don't know what it would sound. It's funny because I know people were debating it on, you know, whatever sports talk radio for, for months. Like, should they have crowd noise? Should they have fake crowd noise? You know, and I think it would be as much as I don't really necessarily love the way it sounds. I can't imagine what it would be like if it was just flat. I know people say, well, you could hear the players, but even then, you catch it on the broadcast sometimes where they, they definitely got the dump button. You know, there's the five second or seven second, whatever the network rule is yeah. um, where you're, you're losing that sort of, that sort of vibe. So, I mean, I guess it would be cool to kind of hear some of the audibles, but look from a team perspective, those guys don't want that out there, you know, cause it, no. as it was, people are studying tape and trying to get any kind of cues from, you know, your, your, uh, your audibles or whatever, or just your snap counts and how you run things. And now, you know, if that was no crowd noise piped in and you were able to get that direct, then you're, you're screwing that up and you're going to have to change it almost every week. I know one team that, that would love to study that. I, uh, I might even be a fan of that team, but that's for another, another time. (laughs) I mean, they probably, I mean, I'm sure they're still probably, you know, yeah. You're always looking for the angle. Yeah. That's what the good teams do. They look for angles is so are you at every, um, Pat's home game? Yes. Okay. 
Here's another question, because when they do occasionally zoom out or when they kick a field goal, whatever, you know, one of my favorite plays. But yes, when they do that, <laughs> who are the people that are sitting in the stands? Like every every section or so has one or two people. Uh, it's usually just t- it's technical people or security. It's really kind of odd. Um, and I'm happy for the people because obviously people incomes have been lost and you're you know, teams aren't making as much money, but from a, from a event perspective, think of all the events that Gillette would host over the course of the year yeah. that they're not able to host. And obviously they're using less personnel. Now you ha- I mean, you don't have people taking tickets and all that nonsense, but they, they have a fair amount of security in there, which I, it's kind of interesting when there's, you know, 60 guys and, and, and gals in, in their security gear. And you're like, who's going to do anything here? Like what's, you know, it's, it's NFL network and it's NBC and it's CBS, you know, like, I don't think anybody's going to go run on the field and try to tackle Cam Newton. I don't think that's going to happen, but good for them that they're getting paid because uh, you know, again, as, as it is, I'm sure they've lost a lot of income that way. Yeah, that is good. I, I hadn't even considered that, but Oh my God, the, uh, yeah. well, I just think, food. I mean, I can't even, I, I actually should ask this question about how many people on just on a game day were employed by the team to come in, whether it's vendors, ticket taker, whatever, all, all the different, I mean, yep. I mean, I know just from, from, from all the years of doing it, you know, like, Oh, that's her. And that's Rita. And that's, you know, you, there's just all these people that have been back there and doing it. And oh, she, she's over here and he does this thing. And he, do, you know, like, Oh, she, she runs the elevator and like, there's all these different things. And now you're, you know, you're lucky if you see those people now, which, which really kind of sucks, but this whole thing is kind of sucked. So. Well, um, in, in certain places, it looks like it, it may be turning around, which actually brings me to my next question. I don't know when the Pats play the Dolphins in Miami, but now the, the, the state of Florida has allowed, they said uh, starting October 25th, or no, I think it was actually starting effective like a few weeks ago that yeah. the Dolphins could have full capacity at their stadium. So when the Pats played them down in Miami, um, where are me, you, and Dan going to sit? <laughs> you and Dan are going to be in the stands if you can get tickets, and I will be in the press box. If I, I think, actually, on, on that front, I think they said at least through the first, I think their next, whatever their next home game is, uh, they were saying they were going to keep it to 13,000. Yeah. And then, you know, a sort light of re- 13,000. Yeah. And sort of re-examine after that. It's, it's odd though. Like Florida, you, you Dan Mullen, the university of Florida football coach was calling for the swamp to be full. He just did this last week. I want 88,000. And I think they just had 19 or 20 players test positive for COVID. So they have to shut things down from a team perspective, at least for the next couple of days. Um, so like, look, just, I mean, I, I get it. I, I do get it, but like, seriously, let's have some sort of common sense here. Yeah. If you can't socially distance the people and you can't figure out a way to do it, then you sure. I mean, it's hard enough. I think getting 13 or 14,000 or, or even like the, I think the Cowboys up to 30,000, maybe. Yeah. I want to um, say they're at least like 25% capacity, yeah, which is a hundred thousand stadium. Yeah. So, but I mean, if you look at the stands and you see the shots of the stands during the course of the game, and obviously they're not showing a ton of that, but there's times you can't avoid it. Yeah, they're still pretty well spread apart, you know, and that's trying to do it in clusters like, hey, this is a family over here and these 10 people over here. And, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I don't want to get into a political discussion, but we should be further along than we are. And we're not. So, yeah. 
you know, we deal with that and I would imagine we'll be dealing with it all year. And um, hopefully by the time next season rolls around, uh, we're back to normal, but you know, I thought we'd be in a little bit better place than we are right now. So who knows we've had one league. Well, I mean that the NHL and the NBA have both wrapped up their first, you know, full pandemic seasons and, the NBA doesn't know what they're going to do yet next year. So <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard, dude, I've heard as, I, from talking to people that I know that cover the league. I've heard is, you know, everyone was talking about Christmas or January 1st. I've heard as late as March oh, because they're man. so, because, de- and they're so desperate to have fans in the stands because obviously it's a huge revenue generator for, for all the teams and yeah. to go through a, you know, another, whatever, a full season after going through a half season without fans and then losing all the playoff revenue uh, from the gates. I mean, I can understand where they're coming from. Plus I think, you know, look, you, you've heard different guys talk about their experience in the bubble. And I'm sure we'll get more of that in the, in the coming months about the toll that took on, I mean, the, the teams that were in the finals was over a hundred days in the bubble which is pretty insane. You yeah. know, like, and you say, Hey, they're, they're, you know, LeBron James is making $40 million a year. You know, you should be able to do it. Okay. But there's still that, the family part of it, the isolation part of it. Um, you know, their lives were dramatically altered just like, I mean, everybody else's was, and obviously they're more well compensated, but I don't like the idea that, Oh, like just, you know, just do it again. I, I hear it about football all the time. Right. Yeah. You saying, Oh, they got a bubble. They got a bubble. Well, figure this out. So NBA's, 12 to 15 guys on a roster, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a ginormous coaching staff. So let's just call it 40, 45 to 50 people in the bubble for that, for that period. NHL, you know, tack on another, let's say 65. Yeah. NFL, I think bare minimum that you could get away with from a, from a, from a team perspective is about 120. 120. And that's, I'm saying bare minimum. It could be yeah. as high as 150. I'm just sort of like roughly guesstimating between coaching staff, players, practice squad, you know, training staff, scouts, all the different things that go into it. And that's a lot of people to shove in a bubble, whether it's, you know, for two months, a month, that's a, that's a lot. And that's, you know, I, I know that some of the talk now is Los Angeles maybe is being considered down the road or, or Dallas as a place to, to have the bubble. But for the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But even then, I think that's a pretty hard ask. Because if you're in the bubble for five, six weeks at 150 people, that's, you know, multiple teams. That's that's something. That would be nuts. I wonder if the thinking is that they would – do you think they would try to have fans in those bubbles? I'm guessing the answer is no, right? I would think no. I mean, it would – logic would tell you that doesn't make any sense, but – right. Logic would tell you it probably doesn't make any sense to have people in the stands right now, and plenty of places are at least trying it. So, I mean, even the Browns, I, I think I could be wrong, but I think that they started at a certain threshold of uh, percentage capacity, and they've mm-hmm. already increased it to like the next tier. Yep, is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think they're up to maybe I want to say nine thousand. Okay, that's up. not as don't bad as I thought. Me. Yeah, don't quote me on that, but I think it has gone up, or at least, yeah, something like that. And you can tell the difference because when you watch the games, even if you can't see the stands, you can hear the difference in the oh, crowd noise like we talked about. Absolutely. And I mean, the players have sort of talked about that too across from the different teams that I sort of deal with. It's like when you have a game that's had whatever, the 10,000 fans, you can you feel the energy. It's a totally different, it's a totally different energy. It's a totally different sound that's coming out of them. And they're still using the, you know, the pumped in crowd noise too because obviously 
if it's a 70,000 seat stadium and you got 8,000 people there, you still need that extra noise, but the, the, the fan, yeah. the real fan base, cause then you're getting the real reaction, right? You're getting what we were talking about earlier. Somebody yeah. gets popped and everybody goes mental. You know, somebody makes a great play. Everybody goes crazy. That's, yeah. you, you know, some guy pressing a button just is not the same thing. Someone, someone, uh, pins the other team at the one off of a punt and the, I mean, that's, the crowd goes crazy. That's obviously the most exciting play in, in, in all of sport, not mm-hmm. even just football, but in any sport. <laughs> You know, yeah, like quadruple overtime in the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, guys are good, barely hanging on, and someone scores a goal. That's it's, it's behind the punt on the one yard line in week yeah. three against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, barely a blip on the radar. You wouldn't, yeah, it's, you wouldn't hear anything for a goal. Yeah, that doesn't even make the front page of the sports section back when they had full sports. That's in like page three. Oh no, not not at all. <laughs> True. <laughs> Transitioning to uh, yeah, some of the gameplay. Um, I'm trying to think of how I should how I should present this. You know, I'll just go straight into it. Yeah, just just don't mess around. Just go right to it. Yeah. So this is kind of like a A B C D option. Okay. I like multiple choice. Knock knock. <laughs> a guy yeah. walks into a bar. Um. Damn it! What was the third one that I had? Knock oh, knock. So you already choked it. I know. Ah, I'm not used to like the pressure. Knock, knock. A guy walks into a bar. Yeah. Why did the chicken cross the road? The NFC East. Which one of those is the funniest joke? <laughs> it's got to be the NFC East. I mean, did you ever, could you ever imagine? I mean, now I, I'm showing my age, but I grew up in the, in the Joe Gibbs, Bill Parcells, um, Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, like that division was a monster every yep. year. You're like the team that comes out of that division is the team that's, you know, is one of the teams that's going to win this whole thing. It's, you know, San Francisco had their run obviously for a while too, but now it's, uh, I think Kyle Brand who works on good morning football for us. I think he tweeted out at one point, like, you know, if, if, if the Cowboys don't win this game and it, you know, obviously that was touch and go there for them on Sunday, then the fact that the Eagles decided to go for that tie and not go for the win is going to put them in first place with a win and a tie uh. Uh, at this point in the season. So, yeah, it's, it's bad. I mean, the, I, I think I like the way the Giants are. I'll give the Giants credit in this sense. I, there's a, they obviously don't have a ton of talent yet. You, you and only you. Well, well I, what I was going to say is I think Joe's got them playing hard. Yeah. So – uh, as bad as they are result wise, they've been in a bunch of these games. They've shown some signs of life. Um, the Redskins are a hot mess. Um, you know, I mean, talking about trading Dwayne Haskins now, I mean, less than a year, well, a little over a year into this thing. Um, you know, and I, I trust Ron Rivera to, to that he's, that he's a decent coach, a good coach, but you know, we know ownership's uh, maybe not help the situation there. So, in fact, a lot of people say that's why they drafted Dwayne Haskins because his kids went to school with Haskins. That's not the way you make your decisions about your franchise quarterback because my kids went to school with him and they like him. That <laughs> um, usually doesn't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I guess if you went to school with Tom Brady uh, and you thought you should have drafted him because he was a nice boy, then maybe you won that one. But in general, you're not gonna. I think the one thing that really surprises me is Philly because they've had a ton of injuries again and that poor offensive line, it seems like every year now, you know, a couple of those big dogs are out, but yep. Car- Carson has gone, you know, backwards and 
He gets I, booed I, even when there aren't even fans I, on the, which in the, is, in which the crowd. Is, how ridiculous is that? I would be, <laughs> I would be pissed if I was him, but I guess he's got bigger things to worry about. Um, but that, that is so is, Philly. Yeah, it really is. But that to me is the biggest surprise because I thought that I like him. I think he can play. And for whatever reason, you know, this year has not gone well. And even last year, I remember making the defense of him. And, you know, if you looked at what he did with the weapons that he had last year, it was pretty impressive. Because, again, he's playing basically with the same bunch of guys that he is now, yeah. um, maybe even to a lesser degree because Goddard's been hurt. Um, and Ertz is uh, maybe mad about his contract, but he's not been the same player. Um, and he was able to elevate guys last year. And maybe he can still do that. I mean, that uh, the kid that blew up uh, Fulham or whatever his name is, I can't even, I don't, I don't even really know his name. I'd yeah. be, be straight up with you. I don't know his name. I just know he had a big game the other day. Um, Travis Fulham, I think is his name, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> so that, that, that's been the big surprise to me. I think Cowboys have been a trick or treat team for, for forever. It's plenty of talent, but there are plenty of holes on that roster. Cause you want to, he loves to pay the big names and then, you run into that situation where what, where's the middle class? Where are the, like the good, solid five, six, seven year pros that are making, you know, a million and a half, two and a half, three million dollars. But, you know, if you they're good players, you know, and I, I think there's a depth there. There's a big gap between their top end and then, you know, what happens in the middle there. And I think a lot of teams, well, Belichick's proven over the years, you know, like, yeah, you need a high level talent, but you got to make sure you have some good players in the middle there. And they don't seem to have that. Yeah, you got to stack up on the like. I guess I don't know how else to label it, but the value guys. Yeah, you know yeah, the way that he approaches the draft is uh, is similar too. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's fair. I, I you know I just and again it, it helps when you have a really good quarterback like the Patriots did for two decades. And um, but I think Dak's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, obviously a terrible injury for him, but yep. you know prior to that, and it just there's too much of a gap between, and maybe some of that's coaching too. Like, I mean, Jason Garrett never set the world on fire and he kept coming back year after year. And now Mike's in there trying to get his thing going, but yet he's not calling plays, even though he's an offensive guy, it's Kellen Moore calling the plays. And I don't know. It seems weird to me. The NFC least that is yeah. uh, there's a reason why they call it that. Yeah. Meanwhile, what about the AFC East? Right. I mean, the jets are a disaster. It's a complete dumpster fire, but yep. Miami's improved and I'm not just going based on what they did to the 49ers this past weekend, but just in general, I think they're building something. And I think he, Brian Flores, I remember saying this when he got hired that to me of all the guys that have left Belichick from the Belichick tree, to me, he's the one guy I had the most faith in if, if Miami's ownership will be patient because he's his own guy. Like, and you've read the stories over the years about these guys go elsewhere and they, you know, Matt Patricia is a perfect example. He's trying to be bill. You're not bill. Yeah. And I don't know that bill could be bill now, but bill built a resume to be bill. So now bill can still be bill and do his thing. Great. If you're Matt Patricia, what's your resume? Are you the DC on that team? Well, everybody thinks it was Belichick's defense anyways. Mm -hmm. Some of his players think that. So you got to go in there and you got to win your locker room and look, it's not an easy thing to do, but. I mean, he alienated one of his best players, Darius Slay, right? They had to they, they had to walk away from Darius Slay. That that's not the kind of thing that you want to do when you're trying to build a program. But I, I think Flores is building a program. And I, you know, gives and, and Fitzpatrick being able to at least be a professional quarterback and have his moments is allowing them to keep keep two on the sidelines a little bit, get a little bit. I mean, if they say he's passed all his 
his checkpoints and obviously he's the backup. So if he had to go in, he has to go in. So they must feel good about it, but just gives them more time to grow. I mean, it certainly didn't hurt Pat Mahomes, you know, sitting a year behind Alex Smith to grow and learn. And right. I, I like what they're doing and, and the bills, you know, they built for three years with Brandon Bean, they've built this thing up and now they're, they're a real team. They're, they're, you know, to, if they, if the quarterback, I don't think he needs to continue to play at this ridiculous level, but if he continues to play good, then that's a team that's going to the playoffs and that's a team that's going to be hard to catch in the division. Yeah. Not, not how I saw it unfolding. Um, that's for sure. It's funny that you mentioned Matt Patricia. Cause like I took the same approach to my job. I, I stuck a pencil in my ear the first day <laughs> and I didn't shave for weeks. Um, yeah. And I had a similar, similar response. So if, now look at you. Now you've proceed now, unlike unlike him, it appears that you figured it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I usually Just have like a cut, pretty grizzly shave. beard. Yeah. yeah. No food in there. No, 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 no celery in my teeth. <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not trying to intimidate people as, as scary as I am. You are um, well, that's the thing. I like the fact that you're, you know, you go on the nice sensible button down and you're just you're not trying to scare the people at home or me. No. You want me to feel comfortable so that we can do a good job here. Exactly. Build rapport, be personable. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Matt, Patricia, if you're watching this, hit my line. I'll, I'll help you out. I mean, you'll text me later and be like, Giardi, you really sucked. I didn't like your performance in that uh, second hour. And yeah, no, I, I, but see, that's the thing. You gotta like build them up and then you build that goodwill and then you can go behind the scenes and be like, Brady, what are you doing? I can get, yeah. Then Johnny. you can knock him down. Then I can get Johnny Foxborough to make that throw on third and five. You know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Speaking of Johnny Foxborough, thoughts on Cam so far? Um, thoughts on general thoughts on the Pats and uh, even how they've handled this whole, you know, fun. Yeah. Season. So from a team perspective, I think it's been a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Josh McDaniels has done a terrific job sort of doing this thing on the fly and playing to Cam's strengths uh, and hiding some of his weaknesses. I know everybody got crazy over the second half in Seattle when he threw for a bazillion yards. But I think he's more of what you saw in one and three than he is in the second half of two in terms of his passing ability. Yeah. Not that he can't make all the throws, but he's never going to be this super consistent passer. Just don't think that's who he is. They continue to work on the mechanics. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll see how that plays out. I think everybody was in a rush to sort of give him a three-year contract after a week two. And I think that's still very much a feeling out process for probably for both sides, you know, like, he hasn't lived through Bill's worst days yet um, and sort of the pressures that he puts on his team as he get later and later into the season. So, you know, I think it's sort of a, it's a feeling out process for both sides. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rush to anything there, but I, I do, I think it's been, it's been better. I think you're getting good play from their offensive line, which is allowing, you know, a to protect cam. They're obviously been way more efficient running the football this year than they were at any point last year. Uh, and even doing so with someone like David Andrews, who was key for them being out this uh, these last couple games. So uh, I like the way that's headed. I like the way Chase Winovich has emerged on defense. Yeah, clearly they needed some edge players. You know, you lose Hightower through the opt out. You lose Van Noy and Collins. Um, they needed someone to elevate there, and uh, Winovich has certainly stepped up. I think Dietrich Wise has stepped up on the defensive line. Well, that's been Kyle Duggar. Yeah, Duggar is an interesting guy. He could be a lot of fun over the next whatever, how many years. Um, He's got a little bit of that um, Pat Chung in him in terms of he just doesn't give a bleep, you know, and he just throws himself in there. And 
Um, when they drafted him, I thought that's what he was. He was going to be Pat's replacement. And we didn't know that Pat was going to opt out and he was going to get more snaps early. But uh, I like what I've seen there so far. Um, I think the secondary can play better. I think we all looked at the secondary and said that's an elite secondary. It should be the best in the league or one of them. I think through the first three weeks, it wasn't. I think they did a, obviously did a much better job in Kansas City. Um, and they did some unique things to Mahomes that, you know, uh, I'm sure I, I saw some of that Raiders game. Some of the Oakland did some, or Oakland, Vegas did some of the things to him that, that the Patriots did. But I thought that was a good sign. It would have been nice to see that carry over into the Broncos game the following week. But now it's two weeks from now. It's this coming weekend. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there de- there definitely been some good signs there. Oh, I will say this. I don't know how you feel about it. I would be very worried if I was a big Julian Elman guy about his yes. sustainability. Um, you know, I know he had the big game against Seattle and everyone's like, oh, look, he's second in the league in receiving yards or whatever. And see, it's, you know, he was dink and dunk with Brady, but he he's not right. I don't think clearly physically he's right. And uh, I know it was pointed out. Some people didn't think he wanted to be there in the Kansas city game. I would never say that. I think that's a little bit harsh. I mean, who knows how he felt? I mean, he's an older guy now flying day of that was a brutal experience for all those guys. Um, but he looked very stiff and slow in that game. So that's a huge concern. I would think, because I, I think when you looked at the receiving court, you said, well, I don't know what I'm going to get from Harry. I don't know what I'm going to get from bird, the tight ends, etc." but you know, Julian's Julian. Well, Turns out Julian might not be Julian, at least not through the first, well, three of the first four weeks this year. So that would be something that I would be, uh, I'd be bite my nails over if I was a Pats fan. I agree. I, and I don't think that that's been talked about enough. I think, what is Julian now? Is he 33, 34? 34, I believe. Yeah, that's that's getting up there, as for, especially for a guy who's made a living of, um, you know, getting hit as a wide receiver. Well, just remember what happened to Wes, right? I mean, yeah. They walked away from Wes a year early, if you will, you know, cause I think he had that one really good year with Denver and then, you know, he went off the map and to me, for my money, Wes is the best slot guy to ever play. You know, it's a different era. So I don't want to compare the sixties and the seventies, but in this throwing era, um, what he did for five years with the Patriots was just obscene. Yeah. And he was I, and I know he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, and that's why people will say Edelman was better because Edelman in big games had better performances. But you know, from a day-to-day perspective, Wes was 110 to 120 something catches a year for five years. You know, yep, which is insane, absolutely insane, and took a vicious beating and held up for five years and played every game basically. Um, you know, including the year that he blew out his knee and he came back. That was the regular season finale right against the Texans. So he missed the playoffs and then came back the next year. And I think he caught 80 something passes still not on a fully, you know, operational knee. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's a tough position to play. And um, I think they, you know, again, that's a position that would worry me. Was that the year not to go down a rabbit hole, but was that the year that the Pats had to play, Slater and Brandon Stokely in the um, in a playoff game at Denver. No, that was so that was week 17 against the Texans in Houston. Um, he blew out his knee on the rap, the terrible turf that they had there, which is always a big thing for like years and years that the turfs their their grass sucked. Yep. Um, and then they played the Ravens and got lit up by the Ravens. At uh, home. 
Gotcha. Yep. And and actually that was sort of like the first real sign that Julian Elman might be a good receiver. Cause I think he had like five or six catches that day, including a fourth down conversion. I think he might've had their both touchdowns in that game. Yeah. Oh, at least one. So like around, around 2010, I think. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. Right around there. That was that the, that might've been even the, the Ray Rice first play of the game, 80 yard touchdown run. I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Definitely got to pay attention to, to Julian. I just don't think he doesn't nearly have the same burst that he used to. He's had a lot of drops. I know people have mentioned that. Um, yeah. And you know, like when you, when guys at the receiver position, when their legs start to go, they start to have problems with their hands because your, your body's not doing everything the same that you're accustomed to. You're, you've trained your mind that this is how it all works. Yep. And I was like, man, I, my legs don't get me there in time. And now I'm thinking about that guy that I normally would be able to juke right after I catch the pass. Now he's going to clobber me. And now I've suddenly just took my eye off the ball. And the next thing you know, it's in somebody else's hands and he's running into the end zone. It's a pick six. And now any chance you have of beating the Kansas City Chiefs has gone to hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, man, I used to be able to beat all these guys and, and have the the um, explosiveness to to get by pretty much anyone. And now – Mm, I might get Cam Chancellor on every play. Yeah, it's like, you know, and maybe he's, you know, I'm sure the rest has done him good, this this unintended rest that they've gotten here. Yeah. Uh, And maybe that helps the knee a little bit. Um, But I, you know, I almost, they've definitely kept him on a pitch count this year. Snaps are down 20% this year from last year. He's about 67, 68% this year. He was 87, 88 last year. So, I mean, they, they're definitely trying to manage him. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't want him run back punts, try to save him there too. But I almost wonder if they're going to have to look at it even more and say, maybe he's the 50% guy at this point. And if we can get, but if that helps us get five or six catches out of the slot from him every, every week, then that's something we got to consider. NFL start going to have to start going load management. Possible. <laughs> Possible. I mean, they definitely have managed them this year. There's no question that they've kept an eye on it. Yeah. You got it with a guy uh, as valuable as he is. Like that depth chart is him, and then a bunch of un—I hate to say it—but unproven guys. Yeah, I mean, you—you. You, I thought Gunner was terrific in training camp, but then you know, obviously, gets on the IR for three weeks, and I never want to overreact to training camp too, because the level of competition is what it is. You know, you know them; they know you. Um, sometimes, you know, if you follow the guys on Twitter who cover the team that keep stats of every training camp practice, I, I can't stand that because I think, well, I just, cause I, I, I'm not like everybody can do what they want to do. I'm not, I, I don't want to get into down that wormhole either, but just, there were times when you're watching these drills and you're like, how competitive was that? Was he 75% on defense? Was right. he 85? Cause in the game there were a hundred. <laughs> That's yeah. how everybody plays. And if you um, don't play at a hundred. This shoelace is running tight on that play. Yeah. So, you know, like I like the way he looked more like an NFL receiver than he did at any point last year during training camp. I thought he was quicker. He looks a little bit bigger, you know, which I think you needed to put on some weight. I think he's got some terrific athleticism. And maybe this is something that second half of this year, maybe next year, maybe he can sort of help fill that role. But it's asking a lot right now to ask him to be to really sort of elevate and, and be the 60 play slot guy. If, if Julian can't do it. It's tough because uh, you, you fall in the mold of like just a, 
a small wide receiver in New England. And it's like, well, the footsteps that I got to follow is Julian Edelman and Wes Welker, two of the best to ever do it. Yeah, I mean, I I made the comparison in in training camp too. I thought he some of the stuff that he was doing in training camp reminded me of Amendola. And I haven't had a chance, again, that's the whole COVID thing. I haven't had a chance to like grab him off to the side and say, hey, did you spend a lot of time studying Danny? Because I thought some of the ways that he was getting in and out of his routes reminded me of what I saw from Danny all those years. And I wonder if that was one of the things the coaches said to him and say, hey, go look at Amendola, you know, look at how he ran things because you're sort of built the same way. You have some of that same quickness, um, but you're not going to be, I mean, Julian is small, but he's, he's solid. Like that's a solid, I don't know what he is, 200 pounds, but he's built like a, you know, a brick. Mm-hmm. So he can absorb some of that punishment. I don't know that <clears throat> Gunner's body is going to allow him to be that guy, or at least certainly not at this point in his career. Certainly Danny couldn't, you know, that wasn't when they got the best out of Danny, it was him as being the sort of the second slot guy, um, and not having to rely on him to play 65 snaps, 70 snaps, and go across the middle all the time. You were able to move him around a little bit more, right. get him some easier touches, or get him single covered on a safety or something, and that's, you know, that's stealing. We'll see. Um, uh, I'll talk to Gunner. He and I work out together in the offseason. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to embarrass you, but you, you clearly look like, you know, he's on yeah. your program. <laughs> I'm filling this shirt out a little better than I did a few months ago. And uh, I'm trying to switch him to a plant and meat based diet. So oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, yeah. That does just don't go all plant on us. No, it's no. Plant people get a little weird on us. I think. <laughs> Last thing um, we'll get you out of here. Cause I know we're coming up on time. We mentioned the NFC East earlier. I never talked to you about this last time. Um, I've got a list of there. Well, there's a certain football team that is still nameless. Yes. I've got a list of suggestions and I'd oh, like, I like this. Yeah. I, you don't necessarily need to rate them, but I, I would, I wouldn't mind your reaction as okay. a man of the industry. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So these are, let me see here. I've got, we'll run through these quick. I've got like five or six of my favorite and these are all appropriate NFL. So if NFL, you're Thank watching you. this, yes. these are uh, get me in trouble. Well, no, we're keeping this um, kid-friendly. Number one, and I'll give you the reason why for each name. Number one, the Washington Aeronautic Broomsticks. Okay. Doesn't doesn't necessarily flow. Doesn't have the great kind of, you know. Hey, I'm can just you saying. Imagine the, can you imagine Andrew Siciliano in red zone or Scott Hansen in red zone? Let's go now to the Washington aeronautical broomsticks was that what it was? <laughs> that just doesn't have the same but go ahead give me your give me your give me your explanation here i they may need to run you know completely different plays this season one of those could be the jet sweep mm-hmm. aeronautic broomsticks there we go i, I got you the... <laughs> wow. okay not I off to a good I start hope, i hope two is better than one go ahead it's funny. I've, I've run these by a couple people, and that's always the first reaction. Uh, All right. Number two, the Washington funny body parts to get a haircut. This okay. is another one of my favorite plays in football. Okay. The back shoulder fade. Mm, yeah. <laughs> 
It's better than the first one. Let's go to wow. number three. <laughs> Let's go to number okay. three. The Washington traffic intersections where newspapers are delivered. Too Why? short, I know. Too short. I mean, it's about about the same number of Washington football team. What's the rationale behind that one? This is my other one of my other favorite plays, the corner route. <laughs> All right. I don't know that. Uh, I don't think you're going to be doing stand up. But no. <laughs> continue. Continue. Uh, this is more offensively. Uh, um, themed the Washington All-Stars. I'll give you a hint. This is music related. It's a reference to a song uh, from like the early 2000s. Um, the Washington All-Stars. Is that the Hey Now where you're an All-Star? Yeah. Get your game on, go play? Yeah. Do you remember the name of that band? I don't. Okay. I'll well, know you gotta... when you... I'll know when you tell me. You got to fire up Shrek then. Um, when you no, get off I, this I mean, call. I, I, Shrek was just on last night. I'm not even kidding you. It was it was on the TV for like five minutes last night. Well, you got to pay pay better attention. Well, I just like don't it. know who the who 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 does the song. The Washington All Stars because they got to play Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth. Oh, see, I got it. I got there you it. Go. All right, you're catching. That on. was that was vastly superior to one, two, and three combined. <laughs> All right, that that should be taken as a compliment, but it's yes, it's absolutely. Not. Um, last two. Don't be sensitive on me. The <laughs> the Washington, and this is for the special teams. The Washington bananas. Okay, go ahead. Why? Because they they got to split the uprights. No bueno. <laughs> no, not. Not good. You remember that 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 mutual uh, for the banana splits? No, what's that? It was a it was a cartoon. I I can't say I'm familiar. It had a great theme song, which I'm drawing a blank on right now, and it's going to bum me out, and I'm going to have to go Google it after this is over. But um, yeah, no, look it up. So Quality. okay, so you're comparing me to that? No, I'm just saying that that's what that reminded okay. me because they're the banana splits. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> yeah. The Washington reasons that I would buy basketball shorts. Okay. I'm looking at you, Dwayne Haskins. You got to have better pocket presence. Did you really <laughs> want pockets in your basketball shorts? I always like having pockets in my shorts. Don't yeah, you? If you're playing, but it, yeah, but if you're playing ball, you want you you to keep your phone in there. I mean, not while I'm playing, but like when I get to the gym, when me and Gunner get to the gym, I'm always in basketball shorts. I never have to change. I gotcha. I figured so, you were like a tight tights and a tank top guy. Well, I go. That used to be me. Uh, yeah. Now I go double shooting sleeve, Carmelo <laughs> Anthony style. Okay. So that's fair. Yeah, that's that's where we are these days. I mean, do you put in the work? You might as well show it off. Seriously. I'm, oh. Yeah, I'm a 34, 35 chest. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, over there. Yoked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. 
Man, I uh, that that was a lot of fun. well, it was fun for me. It was a lot of fun. No, it's fun for me too. And I'm sorry I have to cut it short so I can go eat food. But so maybe next time, Dan will like actually give a crap about your podcast. Seriously, find a babysitter. Hey, how are you going to have a podcast partner who doesn't want to do the podcast? Trust me, it's come up in our uh, in our production meetings. I'm sure you know how that goes. Yeah, like he's clearly gotten to like diva stage. You got to be you got to be careful. Yeah, it's really bizarre that one guy would just go Hollywood while the other guy keeps working his his tail off. No, you're, you're and you're the guy who carries the show. So you're the grinder, but yet you're carrying the show and he thinks he's all Mr. Superstar and family stuff. <laughs> Seriously, this is uh, that's show business, though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Good things will happen for you, my friend. Thank you. Him. Thank you. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was Mike Giardi, episode 51. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. Thanks, um, one last time, can you plug um, where people can find you? I'm sure NFL they are. Network, NFL Network, NFL Network all the time. And uh, on social media, I am at, at Mike Giardi, both on the Twitter and the Instagram. Awesome. All right, everyone go check out Mike Giardi. He's the man and uh, he's our, he's the best friend of the program. So I'd, I'd say it's worth Aww, the click. Best friends. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, man. We out of here, baby. We out of here, baby. We out of here, baby. Swag out of honey climbing, baby. Yeah, lights of a dawn, lights keep glowing. Coming in the club with that fresh shit on, with something crazy on my arm. Uh-uh-uh. Here's another hit, Barry Bond.